Hello, my fellow foodpreneurs. Welcome to episode 14. We are doing a tech talk on the eight wastes of lean. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, where we are building profitable food businesses, one product, one process, one thought at a time. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannensteel. Hello, and what is up, my fellow foodpreneurs? I'm so excited to be here. I love recording this podcast. I'm actually sitting in a hotel, the Four Points Sheraton, I guess, in Bellingham, Washington. I've spent the week with one client, and I'm going to finish out the week with another client, and I'm so excited. Everybody has shown up and worked so hard. It has been just amazing. I'm so excited about all the work that we are doing out there in the world, putting Strive into action and helping people like grow and build their dreams in their food businesses. It is completely amazing. So if you have noticed here at the podcast, I kind of alternate uh, podcast episodes where every other episode I do a tech talk. And this is one of those tech talks. You know, I'm a subject matter expert and authority or whatever in food manufacturing and the the operational safety and ways that small food companies can grow and scale their business and I use the lens of food safety to help them create these efficiencies and things like that. And so I think all the I think all the even podcasts are these tech talks, and then all the odd podcasts are the mindset work. Because if I said it once, I must have said it 15 times to my client this week and to various folks in their facility that it's not perfect documentation that gets you where you need to be in terms of your food business, okay? I have like practically perfect documentation. Everybody in the power group has access to it. It's not the documentation. It's the application of the documentation. It's the reading and the implementing and verifying and validating that documentation that is the difference between a food business that constantly feels like it's hustling and always putting out fires and a food business that builds systems and commits to being bigger and playing on a bigger stage and bringing the world the food that they make so they can those those owners can fulfill their dreams and that's the mindset work but you know we live in the land of reality and we have to be technically proficient in the things that we do and that's why I do these tech talks and I rearranged my podcast schedule you know I plan these things out ahead of time and I rearranged the podcast schedule because it was super obvious out in the world when I was talking to people that we've got to start talking about lean manufacturing okay tons of people are having a conversation about the Global Food Safety Initiative, ISO audits, that sort of thing. Well, now, once you've got the mindset around that you're going to go get a third-party audit, or if you already have a third-party audit, you're going to you know, do continuous process improvement, because that's what we do, 
you've got to understand lean manufacturing because this will radically transform how you look at your plant. And as we say around here, you miss more by not looking than by not knowing. And so, you know, one of the mainstays of my business is that I go out to plants to help them figure out what's going wrong when something's going wrong. And many times I use these eight wastes of lean to address in one way or another almost every single thing that leads to plant inefficiencies or other problems that can be created and keep you know, play, like owners up at night. So, you know, I was in a, a fish plant recently and these are super good people and they're very dedicated to local and sustainable fisheries, but they had huge sanitation issues. They had almost failed an SQF audit because of these sanitation issues. And they were in a panic because their their customers require an SQF audit or another third party audit, you know, and they were they were totally on the ropes because they had done so poorly on theirs and they were doing absolutely everything they knew how to do. But they were making one really big mistake in trying to fix their issues. They were absolutely every day of the week working from the a-line as we say it in the model and if you're not sure what i mean by that i want you to go back and listen to the first podcast where we talk about the model and this is the life coaching model that i use and we talk about how circumstances trigger thoughts in our heads our thoughts create feelings our feelings drive actions and our actions produce the results we have in our lives And many people, you know, myself included, spend most of our time working from the A-line. I'm working on not doing that, and I'm much better than I have been, but I still catch myself, of course. I catch myself working without thinking, working and doing stuff without understanding my feelings. And for an awful lot of the time, that's just fine until it isn't, okay? And it isn't, and it works until it creates action after action after action that actually isn't bringing you the results that you want in your life or in your business. And so this brings me back to my client. He was moving at absolutely breakneck speed, doing all the things, except he wasn't getting the results he wanted. He was trying to inspect quality into a sanitation process. And folks, that is just not possible. Quality in any process comes from the people who are doing the work, not from the people who are inspecting the work. And the people doing the work work better when we pay attention to these eight wastes of lean. And when you do this work and you start looking at the eight wastes of lean, you will see your facility in an absolutely whole new light. When you waste less, you reduce expenses, you increase profits, and it's really that simple. I mean, I think everybody probably gets that. By addressing how you work in a plant efficiently, you create what we call fitness in your business. And a fit and healthy business is 
a resilient business. One of the commonalities of my most successful clients is that they drive towards fitness and clarity and implementing lean absolutely creates clarity because when you commit to lean and you commit to doing the mindset work that we talk about around here, you will understand what the truth is about your facility. And we are in the business around telling the truth. And we are much more about telling an uncomfortable truth than living in a palatable lie. And when you do this, there are so many benefits, not only the profit benefits that we talk about when you reduce uh, excess waste, you're going to be less tired at the end of your workday because you have everything lined up and ready to go. You're not going to be walking around. You're not going to be moving epically heavy pallets around, right? Efficient businesses are where people are clear about what's being made, where they're going, and what they're doing in the business so that that business can live into the future. Because, like, really, isn't that where you want to be? You want to know what's going on where in your facility so you can have that clarity. And that's exactly what we're going to cover here. We are going to cover, over the course of this podcast, the wastes of lean and how you can address them in your business. What what are they and, and what you can do. And stick around because, of course, we have a handout. <laughs> okay? So the eight wastes of lean manufacturing, we're just going to start at the first one. And the first one that a lot of people talk about are defects. Do you produce the right things? Do you even know what the right thing is? Because producing defective product, we can all agree, is a seriously big waste. This is why the very first question I ask every single client is, what do you make? Because without knowing what you make, you can't know if you're making what you said you would make. And examples are any internal product that requires rework. Anything missing an ingredient, anything that went into the wrong packaging. When you create defects, it has this ripple effect and generally creates all sorts of other wastes, including overproduction, transportation, and excess processing wastes. So let's start diving into those. So our first waste was defects, and our second waste is overproduction. And of all the eight wastes in manufacturing, overproduction has by far the most negative impact on success, sustainability, and profits. Overproduction is when you make more than someone is going to buy. If you have inventory, you may very well have overproduction waste. And overproduction always leads to other wastes. So the third waste we're going to think about is moving and transport waste. And I want to address the idea that the only reason you should do something in your facility is because it adds value to your customer. Sounds kind of harsh, right? Well, your customer does not care if your product is stored in the northeast corner or the southwest corner of your warehouse. They care whether or not their product gets to them on time and at a reasonable cost. Moving product around costs money. 
And when you do it, when you don't need to, you waste your time and your money. That, my friends, is not great for profitability. When you move stuff around too much, you are also moving people around too much. And that is emotion waste, which we'll get to. All right, so waste number four, excess processing. Do you do more than one thing to create the same result? Okay, so this is not the same thing as overproduction. Overproduction is producing too much stuff. Excess processing is doing multiple things to the product to create the same end. This one, I got to tell you, in my life is aimed squarely at the QA folks. How many versions of your lab reports do you have? How many ways do you fill out the same information on different reports? This, this waste often occurs due to the creation of multiple versions of the same kinds of tasks or processes than required or long-winded, badly designed processes including things like excessive reports. Now, I know most people feel like we have excessive reports, and I have been to plants that produce paperwork in lieu of making decisions. That's excess processing. Multiple signatures, basically over and above records review and pre-shipment review, re-entering data and duplicating data. So I've been in plants where they sometimes by necessity write down all their data you know they do apc counts or whatever and they write down all their data and then they enter it into an excel spreadsheet and that's duplicating data that's one of the places where if we could enter it directly into a form that then populates it into an excel spreadsheet we'd be a heck of a lot better because we wouldn't be duplicating data so another way we create excess processing waste is when we have lack of standards. So my friends, are you actually using those SOPs? Okay, I can't tell you how many people pay me a lot of money. I write their SOPs for them and they never read them. That is excess processing. You've actually paid me to do excess processing for you. So there are multiple ways to lose money in that scenario. And that's not what I'm in the business of, right? That's why I'm teaching you this stuff. When I give you documentation, when you download documentation from the power group, the whole point is to use it, right? Another way we have excess processing is through poor communication and multiple people doing the same thing. And Lord knows, we've never heard of this in any food company I've ever been in, she says with great sarcasm in her voice. Overdesigned equipment is another great way to have excess processing. And I see overdesigned equipment a lot. I mean, I swear sometimes I feel like equipment is designed with the most number of stainless steel welds because it looks the prettiest. I just, I don't get it. But there's plenty of overdesigned, overworked equipment. Another way to create excess processing waste is when you misunderstand what the customer needs, okay? And you're doing things that the customer doesn't want. And finally, human error, and this, you know, we can't drive out all human error, nor do I think we want to. Uh, human error creates excess processing waste. All right, waste number five, waiting. When a product waits around, it is not doing anybody any good. And in food, when product wakes around for processing, it is by and large warming up and increasing the risk of multiple different kinds of microbiological hazards. 
Waiting is where your product is piling up in front of the next step. We call that step a bottleneck. You are paying people while your product isn't adding anything to your bottom line yet. And while product waits, no value is being produced, but the cost of the overhead of the operations continues to grow. That's what makes bottlenecks so expensive and so frustrating. Inventory waste, waste number six. Oh my God, people. Y'all love inventory. The thoughts you have around inventory must make you feel like a kid cozied up in a blanket in front of a fire because so much inventory. I've been in, I have been in freezers that could be on episodes of Hoarders. It has so much inventory. I could do a whole show on the thoughts about inventory. And inventory is a waste because it is potential profit that's being held at a cost. And my friends, when you're holding it in a negative 20 degree freezer, that is a huge cost. In the most literal sense, inventory is valuable product or material that is waiting either to be sold to the customer or further transformed into something of greater value. And the entire time a product sits in inventory, its profit margin is reduced because overhead must be paid to maintain that product in inventory, right? Inventory is bad. You are not making money on inventory. You are spending money on inventory. Yes, we have seasonality in our production. That's completely correct. And that's a great thing. But you just have to be aware and make a conscious decision and understand how much building inventory in July and August and September costs money. Maybe it is money you have to spend, but you need to be aware of it and making sure that you stay on top of your food inventory. And frankly, in my estimation, that's the only kind of inventory that most people should even consider having. Do we do perfect just-in-time inventory management in food? No, we don't. I don't think that we need to either, but we also don't need to be stockpiling some of the things that we stop stockpile. All right, if you want to make main blueberry tarts in January, you need to take blueberries out of inventory because when we have ice storms in Maine, we do not have blueberries. I totally get that. But what you shouldn't have sitting around is packaging that you're going to use for the next four years. Because all that does is show that you have happily paid your supplier money to take her inventory off her hands and push those costs onto you. Seriously, people, get rid of your packaging. Do not buy that much packaging. Okay? All right, next, enough on packaging. Next, next waste we're gonna talk about is waste number seven and that's motion waste. How much do you walk around your facility? We oftentimes make a great show of how many steps we get in on our step counter at work, but folks, those steps come at the cost of profit. When motion waste occurs, value is not being added to your product or your material being manufactured. Motion can be either by people or machine, but it is most often people walking around, wasting time and energy. Inefficient layouts, improper equipment contribute greatly to excess motion, okay? Every single time you have to go back into the walk-in to go get something and you have to rummage around the walk-in, that is motion waste. 
Next, finally, the final waste, eighth waste of lean we're going to talk about is non-utilized talent. How many times have you heard that people are your greatest asset? They are. I'm not going to lie. They totally are. But they're only your greatest asset, folks, when you use them well. This waste of lean is really one of the reasons that I came out with the Strive model. When you are not making sure that your people are safe, trained, respected, invested in, you are not utilizing the talents that you are actually paying them for, my friends. Ask yourself, are your people actually working at work? Or are they checked out on Facebook? Are they walking around instead of working? Are they functioning from the A-line instead of taking a minute to sit and think? If so, you have non-utilized talent, and that is one of the major wastes of lean, because one of the greatest assets you have is the forebrain of the people who work for you and their ability to think and help you solve problems. So those are the eight wastes of lean, but you know, what do we do next? Here's what I think you should do. Pick one waste this week and spend some time observing your facility around that waste. Then get out a piece of paper, blank piece of paper, write the word strive, S-T-R-I-V-E, down the side and ask yourself where you are falling short on implementing that, whichever particular one you picked. So I'm gonna walk this through with you and help you ask these questions so you can understand your own thoughts. Then moving from a feeling of, you know, power and, and, and determination, when you get there, you can take action to change the whichever waste that you focused on. So let's start with the S for strive. Are people in your plant physically safe enough to correct the waste problem? Ain't no one going to move something close to the door for shipping if they are going to slip and fall because of ice. Okay, physical safety, which is why it's the very first thing that I talk about, is of paramount importance in any manufacturing environment. You cannot produce safe food in an environment where workers don't feel safe. Next, are people feeling financially safe to reduce waste? This would seem like a no-brainer, but I have seen so many people in plants cut corners because they don't want to waste the boss's money. I absolutely love where that dedication is coming from, but the result isn't actually all that great. Have a conversation around how you budget for people's time. If that's the case, just talk to your workers and say, hey, I have budgeted this time for you. Let's do it correctly. Next, and this can be a very powerful question, are people emotionally safe at the workplace? I have been into plants where women are assaulted when they go into the storerooms and the closets. I have been in plants where people are bullied for doing the right thing. If this is your plant, you must stop that before you can even look at any of the other wastes that you have because the waste you need to be looking at is non-utilized talent. If people are getting bullied at work for doing the right thing or for any of the other reasons people get bullied or sexually harassed at work, you have got to stop that nonsense right 
now, okay? And you can say you are doing it under the guise of lean and lean manufacturing if you need to make a case for it, for heaven's sakes. If you need to make a case for it, that's a whole nother conversation. But that is a non-utilized talent waste when people are emotionally unsafe at your workplace. Okay, enough about safety. How about trained? What if you took this podcast and helped everyone in your plant be on the lookout for waste? That, in and of itself, would be amazing. There is so much out there on Google about lean and lean manufacturing processes. Take it all in and apply it. Talk to other people about it. Train somebody, listen to this podcast, and then talk to a fellow worker and train that worker the way I'm training you about eight, the eight ways of lean, and you'll really figure out where you don't understand it, and y'all will go looking together for the ways of lean in your plant. It's an amazing process. All right, the R in STRIVE stands for respect. So let's, let's talk about that. If you try and implement some solutions, will anybody listen to you? What if other people come to you with solutions about waste? Is there respect amongst your team to listen to each other and implement solutions around the eight ways of lean? Okay, now let's look at I. Are you willing to make the investment, that's what I stands for, to observe your facility for long enough to uncover your wastes? What investments in time can you make right now around reducing the eight ways of lean. You know, I talk about investing and people are always like, oh my God, it's so expensive. Most of the investment, if we could make an investment in time and observing our facilities, our facilities would be so much better. Next, let's talk about valued. Do you value this work? Does your management value this work? Are you valuing the future of your company over the fires you are putting out now? What are the values around creating systems in your workplace and driving waste out of your systems? That's going to tell you a lot about whether or not you can solve any of your, any of your eight wastes of lean problems. So looking at answers to all of these questions, are you empowered to do this work? Are the people around you empowered to make changes and drive out the wastes of lean manufacturing? I know this is a lot to take in, so ta-da, I created a download for you. <laughs> Head over to the podcast page, which is www.sfbdi.com slash episode 14, and you can grab the download, all right? Go through the download, think about it. It's, you know, we walk through these ways, honestly, and we talk about Strive, so you can do this work at your facility. I know it is way easier to do nothing. I know that looking at the waste of lean in your process is going to cause you to think in new ways, and that is a big challenge for a lot of people. It's okay. Do the work anyway, because on the other side is clarity and understanding of your business, and you will learn and grow like you wouldn't believe. That's what we've got this week, folks. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to hearing from you about how you have applied this work in your facility. And as always, ask questions. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week.
Hey, are you looking to connect with me over the growth and scale of your business? Well, we've got this really great new way to do it. Head on over to sfbdi.com slash blueprint and learn how you can get on a phone call with me and have 30 minutes that's going to like change your life and change the direction of growth and scale in your business. Love to talk to you soon. You've been listening to Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. We hope you loved the show. For more information and show notes, please find us at sfbdi.com. Thanks for listening.